All right. What is up, everybody? We are back for a special afternoon office hours show here. Uh, if you guys have been building lineups with SaberSim today, you guys saw a message from me in the bottom right corner of your screen asking you what is your biggest question about DFS that you have on your mind. And the questions have just been flooding in. So I figure there's no better way to get you guys answers to these questions rather than hopping on a stream and answering them live. So that is what we are going to do here. I am mostly going to focus on the questions that came in via that uh, that outgoing message. I have 36 questions in the queue here. So I don't know how long we are going to be here, but I am going to stay as long as... Uh, basically until I answer all of these questions. I got the coffee. I got the water ready to go. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, let's jump right in. Let's get the stream. Let's get the app pulled up here. Really appreciate you guys all tuning in here. Uh, one quick thing before we actually get going, before my mind starts to wander here. I uh, want to let you guys know about the new NFL Max Challenge here. I know that a lot of people love the Max Challenge, love participating in it last year. Uh, we are bringing that back. If you guys have not seen that here, uh, it is in the description of this video. So if you guys go to the description of the video on YouTube, you're going to see a link to this sign-up page. This is the new Max Challenge 2023 sign-up page. If you guys aren't familiar with it, it is a NFL season-long giveaway that we run. This is our third year doing it here. Uh, we've gotten a ton of great positive feedback around it here. So if you go to this page, you can enter here, uh, put in the information that we need to get you linked up. There are weekly prizes, uh, you know, three free months of SaberSim Ultimate, a custom SaberSim uh, championship belt if you win, and a dedicated max challenge in the winner circle if you win any of the mini max contests here. And then the top finisher each week is going to get a SaberSim hoodie and an entry into our end of the season free roll. We will do a free roll for everybody who participated and give away free entry into next week's mini max to one random person here. So these are weekly bonuses, and then we also have season-long bonuses. If you play 10 weeks, you get a SaberSim duffel bag and one free month of SaberSim Ultimate. And then if you play all 18 weeks of the regular season, you get a custom SaberSim Sonos speaker, one free month of Ultimate, and an entry into our end-of-the-season free roll. If you guys want to see what our max challenge um, – what's the word I'm looking for? What the uh, dedicated max challenge – spot in the winner circle looks like just go over to our homepage, go to the winner circle and then scroll down here. You're going to see all of the user, all of the, our sus subscribers who have won the max challenge before. So this is our dedicated spot for the max challenge. You get uh one free month of saber Sim, the custom belt and bragging rights. And you get this special section here. So shout out to J 11, five Stimpy 43, 12 pack abs and BCAP888 here who have all won the Max Challenge previously, hoping to add some more names to this list here. But if you guys want to get signed up, that is how you do it. So going to get back to the app here and just going to uh, get rid of this entire screen to save some space here. But we're going to jump right in to the questions here. So let me get our first one in. And first question here says... Should we factor in boosting any games with high Vegas totals if SS doesn't already? Um, so what I'll say is that, you know, our game totals are not going to be perfectly in line with Vegas because we are generating these from our play-by-play -play sims that we're running here. So 
we are comfortable taking stands against Vegas. If, you know, KC is projected for 26 points and we have them at 28, uh, we, we stand behind these numbers here. But we do know what Vegas is projecting. And, and to be honest, we have, you know, safety guards in place that uh, let us know like, hey, uh, you know, we... we we're really far off from, from Vegas, you know, are we missing something? And that just, that's just more of a uh, quality control check to let us know like, Hey, uh, we're still projecting Travis Kelsey in and he hyperextended his knee in, and now he's out, right? Uh, he's not officially out yet. He is questionable at the moment, but that would just be one example, right? Like, Oh, you know, for some reason we still have uh, Travis Kelsey in our same and it's affecting the KC game total. Let's, let's fix that. Right. So, uh, whatever you guys see in the app, you know, we are standing behind it. We are aware of what that number is. Um, one thing that I think you can do with Vegas, if you guys wanted to, you guys are researching prior to a slate and, uh, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, how you want to approach it. Uh, something that we've talked about in the past is going, so just so you guys know, you know, this game panel, if you guys aren't seeing it in the new version of the app, go to the hamburger menu in the top right, go to show games panel. And then now if you want to adjust these team totals, go to team stacks and then go to projected points. This is how you're going to do it. So if I want to change KC from 28 to 25, I do it in this column. I there, I get a message down on the bottom that says apply changes to games. You probably can't see it. I'm in the way, but it is down here on the bottom. You hit uh, yes, apply, and then one, the KC game uh, team total gets changed in the column. And then that also gets reflected in the game panel as well. So that's how you know whether your changes went through or not. So just a quick note there for you guys. But then um, one thing, getting back to, you know, getting off that tangent, one thing that I've discussed in the past is changing all of the team totals to Vegas and then building lineups based on the Vegas team totals. That way you can mimic anybody who is using Vegas as their input. And then that can give you an idea of what lineups will look like with those totals. So Every time you guys adjust projections, like uh, we just adjusted Casey from 28 points to 25 points, what we are doing is that we have thousands of sims of this Detroit KC game. And what we are going to do is we are going to start discarding the highest scoring sims for Kansas City. So say there is, you know, a subset of sims where Casey scores 50 points, 45 points, 40 points. We are just going to start basically removing those from the effective pool of Sims that we can choose from when we go to build your lineups. And what we are doing by, by discarding those Sims is we are lowering the KC team total. So now there is going to be, say, instead of 5,000 Sims, there's going to be 4,000 available Sims. We had to get rid of 1,000 in order to make the KC game total our team total move from 28 to 25. So that is what we are doing. When you adjust team totals, we are um, adjusting the effective pool of Sims available to, to choose from when we go to build your lineup. So just, just want to let you guys know about that. And then just one other thing on that, you know, one, one thing that I, I think is really cool is that, you know, you're not only affecting KC when you do that, you're also affecting Detroit. And because we are removing games, well, hey, Detroit is in those games too, right? So then if you come to the teams here and I go and filter for KC and I go to just sort by projection here. So let's go to a new workspace actually uh, where lineups haven't already been built. Let's just start fresh here. And then I'm just going to go to team stacks, going to go uh, sort by projection, go back to KC, put them down to 25 here, click yes. And then now when I go back to filter by this game, I'm going to go down to KC here. So one, 
all of the KC players have pretty much decreased in projection, which is what we expected, right? Lowering the game, to, lowering the team total will decrease the point projections. Uh, very standard there. But when I go to Detroit now, I'm going to filter for Detroit. I'm going to get rid of KC. They're going to have adjustments as well. And and interestingly enough, you know, they albeit small, you know, some of these things make sense, right? Hey, the game is a little lower scoring, so maybe Detroit has to. Um, maybe the game is just, it's just tighter. It's just neck and neck. So we're seeing a little more points for the running backs, right? Jameer Gibbs, a little, a little point increase here. Devonte David Montgomery point increase here. So when this game stays closer, Detroit runs the ball more. And then when this game is farther apart, well, well then, you know, we're going to see a little more passing, right? And ARSB got like a little boost, but it's not, it's nothing as close to what David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs got, right? So I, I find that very interesting. And you can see how getting rid of high-scoring games affects the point projections for Detroit as well. So I think that is like super cool with how with the way that we are doing that for you guys in this particular scenario. But good question. Happy to uh, – good one to get us started here. All right, second question. Said, will there be a strategy video for NFL? I'm starting to get – the tools down for MLB. However, NFL is my focus. Love to hear best practices for NFL. Thank you. So the answer is yes. Uh, our content um, schedule is, I believe, set to start either uh, possibly later tonight or tomorrow. So look for our How to Beat NFL DFS in 2023 playlist to go live either tonight or tomorrow. But, um, you know, for those of you guys who've been playing with us in, in recent years or even this uh, current ongoing MLB season. You guys are probably familiar with these, but let me just call them out really quickly here. So if I go over to the YouTube channel and on our homepage, go to playlists, and then you are going to see all of these uh, videos up here at the top. We have a couple college football videos now. In case you guys missed it, how to beat college football DFS. Uh, there was an initial video with Jordan and Eric, our data scientists who built the model. And then there was a second video of Jordan walking through a college football process here. So we're going to have very similar stuff to what you've seen for how to beat NFL DFS in 2022. Uh, all of it updated though, for the new app and the new features and the new tools that we have. So be on the lookout for that. That is coming very soon. All right. Jumping back to Sabersim here and our next question here. Gosh, I hope I don't get confused here. I'm going to do my best to not miss anybody's question. All right. Third question today. Will the Sims actually improve my ROI? I have faith, which is why I signed up for the annual, but that's my absolute biggest DFS question that I'm sure many others have. I think this is a fair question, right? Uh, you know, you make the financial investment. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, not cheap, so to speak, right? And, you know, you want to know, like, hey, is this really going to help me? And the truth is, you know, contest Sims have been around for a little while. I think top pros have been using them. Um, th they haven't been publicly available, but now they are, right? And, you know, the Sim Wars are on. Uh, that's what everybody is talking about. You know, we have our product, so Casting has their product. ETR has come out with a product now. I know Run the Sims is coming out with their own product. Uh, we're very, very proud of our product. Uh, we think it is very good. The ability to run multiple contest sims at the same time. You can run up to five. We make it so easy to set them up. You just go to contests. We're pulling in all of the DraftKings contests. If you are playing the, um, we're on the Thursday to Monday, say if you're playing any of these contests, just 
come in here to this all contest tab, right click on any contest. You're going to get this add contest sim pop up. We are going to autofill the description. We are going to autofill the contest size, the percent to first, the entries paid, and we're going to list it at 100,000 sims. And then you can go in and you can change the, the ownership. Uh, right now, we only have the one ownership bucket. I believe we are going to have all 12 or 13 options here before week one. So be on the lookout for that. But this is just our initial ownership here. And then you and then you save that contest sim. And then I can go in here and I could save up to five, right? I'm going to do this, add three add four, add five, go back to my build. And then boom, all five of these contest Sims are here ready to roll. So you are running five contest Sims, a hundred thousand times each uh, for each lineup here. And then you are getting metrics returned for all of these lineups. So then if I, so I'll just display this here. So I'm going to check all these guys. I actually still have to kick off some lineups. So I'm going to make two adjustments, two projections, Going to go back to my build settings here. Going to make this 500 lineups instead of 5,000. And I actually don't know why this was grayed out. But anyways, going to build my 500 lineups here. And then I will show you guys what it looks like on the other side after all five contest sims are run. And to be honest, I think you can only run five at a time. But you can still have more than five like you just have to run five at a time so you can run five and then run another batch of five and then run another batch of five i'm almost positive that's how it works but we could even sit here and test it i don't mind doing that so just waiting for these 500 lineups to finish here lineups are done i'm going to kick off all five of these contest sims so just making sure that all five are checked whatever ones are checked is whatever ones will run here so running the five contest sims now and then once those finish, uh, basically in the sorting methods here, these values will get populated. So you can see all five contest sims in the sorting metric uh, drop down here. And then once they're done, I can go through and see them. Um, this is actually a great time to, to display compact mode. So we have this option here under show games panel in the top right hamburger menu, compact lineups mode. What this does is instead of just seeing one lineup here in a... Uh, in like the field of view, we're actually converting it to a row format and showing you multiple lineups at the same time. So you can see up to like 11 lineups here. And basically the point of this is that, you know, as, as we move into more contest sims and more metrics, um, the, the thinking here is that the actual players in the lineup are, are getting less important and the lineup as a whole is getting more important. So there is a um, a, a want or, or or need here to look at lineups based on metrics in 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 buckets here in groups. So you can quickly uh, use compact mode and then go through here. So it looks like our contest sim is done. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to risk adjusted ROI here, and I want to see okay, you know, with while using risk adjusted ROI what are the top lineups here? And then I can quickly go and look at the ROIs that are returned for each contest sim that was run here. And then I could just uh, quickly sort through these and, and, you know, use this, right. And then I can even still use min uniques from this screen. So maybe I want to do seven min uniques. I want to look at my bottom lineup and then whatever, um, whatever metric I'm using, whatever contest, right. So I'm doing this 25 K fair catch single entry. Uh, so my, 
last line. Let's not do a single entry. Let's let's do something bigger. Let's do like the wildcat here. So I'm going to go to the wildcat. Uh, notice at seven min uniques, I have two lineups that are negative ROI. So then I would probably want to use less min uniques here. And I would do at six min uniques, one, I'm getting 20 lineups here before at seven, I was only getting 17 lineups. And then now my last lineup is 27.7% uh, ROI in the Sims, or actually 17.9, sorry. And then I could see that I am at lineup 280 out of 500 here. So this is just another way to quickly take a look at the summary statistics rather than the individual players in your lineup. So I think this is cool for people who don't have a ton of opinions about who exactly is in their lineup, or if you wanted to just go through here, quickly look at the metrics and then even go back to the old view, you could do that as well. So then I, I turn compact mode off. I use this arrow to move the lineups back over. And then if I wanted to uh, use these things in tandem, then I could come in here and just, you know, wondering what do, do my exposures look like? And I noticed that uh, the commander's D is my highest exposure, which is like kind of interesting, all things considered here, uh, just because defenses are like so variant overall. And then, and then, you know, maybe I'd make some fine tune adjustments here and then go in and, and lower the commander's D, which is probably something I would do here uh, if I was actually building these lineups for myself, but just some food for thought for you guys. So I just wanted to show that off a little bit and, and talk about contest Sims overall here. I think that, you know, they are the the next wave of DFS, right? We kind of talked about, hey, you know, first was like having projections and then second was having an optimizer. And now it is uh, having access to contest sims, which top pros have been utilizing to crush DFS for years now. And then now these, these are publicly available tools. All right. Great question there. And next question here. I think we are on question number four. Question says, what's the best way to attack single entries and single entry showdowns too? Okay, so good question here. Um, over on the YouTube channel, just want to call this out here. I know this, I know I did this video for MLB, but I think a lot of the concepts apply here. So on the playlist channel, go to Coach's Corner, and then I have this video how to build single entry lineups with SaberSim. It's a 10-minute video walking through a single entry process. Uh, people ask me about this, and this is actually a very similar process that I used to qualify for the FanDuel Baseball Live Final uh, in 2022. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, happy with this process. I stand behind it. Definitely, things have changed with some of the tools that we've. Uh, released here. So going to be a, a little bit uh, interesting, you know, adjusting there. But I think that, you know, some of the overarching DFS concepts covered there is a good place to start. And you could start there and then go from there. But basically, uh, you know, if I wanted to build a single entry contest here, a couple different ways to do that, right? I think one thing that I'm trying to do is find out where I want to go on a slate. And one of my favorite ways to do that is to build a pool of lineups. And we're only using 500 for this example here, just for the sake of time. But if you guys are on the pro plan or the ultimate plan, just remember that you could build up to 5,000 lineups. And then usually these build settings will default to 5,000. I just turn it down to 500 to save time for the show. But basically, I like to look at my pool of lineups in different snippets. And then I try and use that information to figure out how I want to approach the slate. Um, so one thing that I like about that particularly is that it gives you a good idea of where SaberSim thinks the leverage is uh, with some of these ROI metrics, et cetera, here. So I, 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 would, I would just leave it at one mini unique. I just want to look at the pool, the entire pool, no, um, 
not getting rid of any lineups for diversity's sake here. And then I like to come in here, sort by a couple different things, right? So I think risk-adjusted ROI is definitely the best option here at the moment. But I also do like to look at regular ROI. So if I want to just look at, you know, what are the highest ROI lineups in my pool? Well, first, I'm going to start with looking at half the pool and the entire pool. So if you go to team stacks here, you can do this two ways. So there's pool exposure, which is all 500 lineups. And then there is lineup exposure, which is the number of lineups that you have in parentheses here. The reason I like to do this is because I want to look at the whole pool, take that into account, but I also want to take into account um, the higher ROI lineup. So then I will start in like a zoomed out view and then I will just shrink it down and shrink it down and see uh, where the leverage ends up going. So let's kind of walk you guys through how to do this. So first thing to start, going to start by pool here, uh, going to look at all of the exposures here. And one thing that's popping out to me is this 20%. 21% Tampa Bay here. So we see a um, a lot of exposure to Seattle here, but it's like fairly close to the pool, right? But then we almost see double to Tampa Bay, 12% to 21%. So I kind of want to see how, how that moves here. And then another thing you can do is even go by projected points. Like, okay, uh, the chalkiest teams, you know, because we're just, we're just assuming that high projected points here are going to lead to more ownership in general. How do we feel about them? It looks like we hate Dallas and the Chargers, uh, we like Cincinnati a little more, KC a little more, uh, don't love Baltimore, but just looking at like the, the top four or five teams here, it's probably a good place to start. It looks like Seattle is like our favorite kind of leverage play probably on the on the slate at the moment. And like, hey, we're going, you know, six teams down the um, list here and we really like Seattle. So just keeping that in mind as I start to move things around. So then going from the top 50% to, I don't know, the top, um, maybe 20% looking at the top 100 lineups. And I want to see how these um, things move here. So boom, Tampa Bay goes from 21% to 33. So we really like Tampa Bay as a leverage play here. So that was somebody that I was keeping my eye on. I thought that might happen here, right? Um, also, Cincinnati, you know, still dingling. Casey actually went down a little bit. So as we get further into the top lineups here of ROI. We actually like Casey a little less. And then I'm going to go to the top 10%. Uh, Tampa Bay keeps going up and up and up. Seattle actually came down a little bit, interestingly enough here. Going to go to top 5%. And I'm just doing this to just see what happens at each interval, right? So now we're like really shrinking down to these four teams, which is kind of the four teams we've been seeing the entire time. Uh, one thing catching my eye, they're all over 10% pool exposure here. So I think that's kind of like a good thing. And the reason I think that, I would probably stop here. I think that this is fine looking at like the top 5% here. Um, the reason I do this is because like, for instance, I was playing baseball uh, yesterday and I noticed that Boston was like showing up for me over and over and over again. And in like my top 5% of lineups, I had like 60% Boston, but in my pool, they were actually only like ex pool exposure of like 7%. And, and it was kind of low and I decided uh, to, to not go with them. They did okay. But I mean, all things considered, I just thought it was like a little too much leverage for the specific contest that I was playing. So I decided to go with a couple different options, but I think that, you know, looking at the lineups in these, uh, bite-sized chunks can just help you understand like, okay, you know, um, is this too much leverage for a particular team? Do I need to rethink it, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like something I do 
in my single entry process to help me figure out where I want to go. And if I was doing it, I would probably start with the Tampa Bay lineup. And then from here, uh, we actually got rid of the plus and minus icons on the side here. If you wanted to use those, just right click on the team name here. So right click, and then I would probably just go, okay, you know, show me the lineups with Tampa Bay. And then I would go from here probably and try to figure out uh, what I wanted to do here. So now I've kind of narrowed it down a little bit here. You can do a similar thing with, if you, if you want to turn it off too, you just need to right click again and just re-click on it, and then it will go away. Uh, I could do something similar with, with stacks, right? Like, hey, what are the uh, stacks coming up most often in my pool? What are the stacks coming up most often in, you know, top 10%, top 5%, et cetera here, right? Just trying to get some ideas about those things. So uh, that is another thing that I would probably do. And, you know, from there, I, I would probably get rid of this QB plus zero with a run back only in four lineups in my pool of 500 and only one creeping into the top 25 here. So probably some other uh, more correlated lineups I could play that, that are, that are just as fine here. Right. So just, just some ways to analyze a pool of lineups here that, that I preferably like. Okay. Um, I know we didn't talk about showdown there. Um, we just really talked about main slate stuff here, but I think for showdown, you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier on the first part uh, on the on the normal office hours earlier, but just remember, uh, I think for single entry showdown specifically, you kind of want to handle it a little similar, right? You're trying to figure out, okay, how do I get from a big number of lineups to the one lineup that I want to play, right? And sometimes you get to a point where, hey, these lineups are like so similar. It's kind of like a coin flip, which one you want to play. And in those cases, you know, I'm, I'm okay really playing either of them. I don't really get um, too particular. I think that, you know, some of these lineups are going to be very, very similar. And I'm okay with going with either one. But the, the more important thing is how do you figure out uh, what 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 direction you want to go on the slate how do you go from 500 lineups to you know maybe maybe six lineups that you're comfortable playing and then you know you kind of just figure out uh which one you want to take so i talk about how to narrow it down to the to the final lineup in that video that i uh mentioned earlier on the youtube channel all right next question here Hi, Andrew. What are the best ways to get leverage against the field? Uh, great question here. So really, um, you know, I think sorting by ROI is probably the most leverage that you can possibly get. And the reason for that is because the highest ROI lineups are generally going to be lineups that have very low ownership. Uh, but when they when they do good, when they bink, uh, they, ha they have a very clear path to victory, right? So ultra leverage is going to be ROI. Uh, for those of you who feel, you know, that is too risky, which we have some questions around that topic coming up here. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about that in our most recent pro video. If you guys haven't seen it in the Discord, if you guys are on the pro or ultimate plan, you should have access to the pro videos channel. Uh, Jordan and Matt talked about the riskiness of ROI in the video and ways to combat it. But one of the ways that we're introducing here is this risk-adjusted ROI. It is basically taking some of those things into account here and giving you lineups with a little less leverage. Uh, so that is one of the ways that we are accounting for that for you guys here. So I think risk-adjusted ROI is probably going to be um, one of my favorite sorting metrics here. But but really, you know, running these contest sims and then getting that data and then using that 
is going to be ways to get leverage on the field, right? So the most important part of a contest sim is having accurate field lineups. So our our ownership dropdowns here should help you out with that um, because playing a low stake single entry is a lot different than playing the the flagship GPP on any day, right? So those differences are going to be important. Um, one thing here, right? Or actually a couple things. If you guys want to see the lineups, actually see, you know, what stacks, what teams, et cetera, are being used here, go to contests, go to ownership contests, and then you're going to, in this view button, click the eye icon. It is going to populate the lineups that we are using to build ownership projections here. So this, this is how we build our ownership projections. And then if you want to even uh, wiggle this down further, go to create custom field here. Okay, so this is actually fixed now. So like last week, this was a bug. It wasn't working. It is working now. So then it'll open up this new workspace called SaberSim. And then you can go in and adjust the lineups here that are being used uh, for the field lineup. So then basically what you would do is you could uh, trash lineups. You could make adjustments to what the exposures ultimately end up being here. And then you can sim, you can run your contest sim against this pool here. So if I go back to dole two and I go to my settings and then I go to contest sim settings, I could go into any one of these contest sims and then now I could change it to saber sim. So, Hey, you know, run my contest sim against this saber sim one, uh, another option for you guys here. Maybe you have custom projections that you like. Maybe you are, you know, aggregating projections from around the industry and you want to upload them to SaberSim. You want to create your own field. You can do that. So go to upload, you know, copy and paste or upload CSV and then go to my, uh, the, the projections will get put in the, my own column. You can save them there. And then what you can do, it uses wheel icon, use match exposure to ownership. Basically what it's going to do is it is going to set a min and max exposure based on the player's ownership here. And then put those in the minimax exposure columns. Once you hit, um, once you do this, rerun your lineups or run lineups here, and then it will create a new field of lineups with your ownership projections as the main input. And then you know you have those, uh, you know, plus or minus, you know, four uh, percent difference here. But that is just like a safety net here, and you're going to get lineups that look a lot closer to the ownership that you set here. Last option is that if you have outside lineups from some outside source, and you want to bring them into SaberSim, open up a new workspace, right? Click on it and click upload pool. This will allow you to upload lineups to SaberSim. And then this will be an option for you to sim against. And then you can even rename it and then call it, you know, my field lineups. That way it's uh, easily recognizable in the dropdown. And then you know that these are the field lineups that you uploaded here. So a lot, we're trying to make it as user-friendly as possible and allow you guys to do whatever you want, basically. All right, next question here. It says, there is no good way to say, I want my flex to be just a certain position like there was before. For week one, I'm trying to limit the running backs in my flex position pool. How are you supposed to do that now? Great question here. So what you would do is you would go to the flex column and then you would scroll over to where you see position. So what you do is say, I only want to use running backs in the flex. So I filter for tight ends and wide receivers. This is just to show me them there. This does not mean that the running backs went away. I am just only simply looking at wide receivers and tight ends. And then from here, I just need to click this mass uncheck button. It is the checkbox 
in the column header row here. And then it will uncheck all of the wide receivers and tight ends at once. Once I refilter and hit select all, now only the running backs are going to be checked, which means that now they are the only players available to be put into the flex spot when I rerun my lineups. And if I were to go to build lineups, now I would only get running backs in the flex. So that is how you do that. All right. Next question here. Question says, will there be functionality added for the new Superflex contest? I actually didn't know what this was until this question came in, but I guess DraftKings now has Superflex contests, which are new. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure if we are going to have support for them by week one here. I frankly don't even know when they came out here. So if we do, we will announce it in the Discord to everybody. But at the moment, I'm not sure. And I have a question into the team to figure it out. But I, honestly, I think the team is trying to figure it out as well here. So TBD on the Superflex contest support. This is always a fun question. Question says, what's going to be the best lineup? I need them to win big ASAP. Uh, so good question here. Uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. So, you know, this really comes down to running builds and using sorting metrics and, um, you know, doing that process that I talked about of trying to figure out where you want to go on this slate. So, you know, SaberSim is a great tool. We provide what we believe are viable lineups that have a chance of taking down any contest on any day without you having to build rules and groups and adjust projections and adjust ownership. Uh, that is what we are trying to do. We're trying to make DFS as, uh, as uh, time sensitive as possible for you. We want you to take up as little time out of your day as possible and still have lineups that give you a sweat at the end of the night. So uh, definitely ways to massage the tools to add value to the tools, which is all this extra stuff that we're talking about here, but you do not have to use those things. Those are, uh, those are nice to haves, not, not needs, right? That's, that's something that comes up a lot. Like, Hey, am I, am I, you know, doing anything wrong by still using saber score? Like, no, saber score is a sorting metric that was built on contest sims. So we have to just run this, run the contest sims and given you the formula, you just don't have to run it every single time. You can add value by doing it every single time, right? Uh, you, you capture some of the nuance of individual contests, but there's by no means to say that Sabre score is not now a bad metric here. So um, I think there's still plenty of ways to use the tools in a time sensitive manner and still have strong lineups here. So, uh, you know, hope you are consuming some content and trying to learn, be on the lookout for our how to beat NFL DFS in 2023 playlist dropping soon. All right. Next question here. Okay. So couple updates here. So Neil said, Matt said in discord yesterday, no super flex support for week one. So it doesn't look like we'll be able to spin this up uh, that fast, but I I'm assuming that this is on the team's radar here and something that we do want to support long-term. All right, next question. I don't know if it's more of a question or a concern. I know contest sims are the next big thing nowadays, but I am concerned that contest sims are going to give lineups that are going to have bad plays to get low ownership. It's all still very new to me. This is a great question, and this is really exactly why we introduced risk-adjusted ROI. We understand that ROI in and of itself is very 
high leverage. It is very risky. So having a risk adjusted ROI that is accounting for that upfront for you guys is, is, is our solution. And, you know, listening to Matt and Jordan talk about it on their most recent pro video is going to give you the best insight into, uh, what, what it is, how to use it and, and why it is better than just raw ROI. So we hear you guys, you know, we, we, we understand that the lineups are super leveraged and we are trying to do our best to accommodate that and, and help you guys out. But that is one way to do it. Um, also, you know, can mess around with custom metrics, trying to build in some safety nets, you know, maybe some, some ownership, maybe some, some projection, maybe some cash rate, right? All of these things can be used as variables in one big formula, uh, to combat this ultra leveraged ROI plays. All right. Next question here. And this one says easily. My biggest question is that now that I am on the ultimate plan, what is the recommended sorting metric for showdowns? I've watched all the old videos on the subject. It seems when sorting by ROI or the new risk adjusted ROI, most of the time, the same optimals are one. Whereas before using single game saber score, they were five to three same optimals. Thanks. Okay. Very good question here. So if we go to, let's go to the Thursday showdown here and I have it up right here. So just really quickly, a uh, quick tangent. So if you guys saw in the slate selector, um, these were all, all selected already. The Detroit KC single game showdown for DK, the Thursday to Monday classic slate for DK and the Detroit KC single game for FanDuel. So basically lineup uh slates get put in the my slates column one when you have an entries file or two when you've run a build for that slate so me doing all these demos i've i've run uh i've run lineups for all of these slates here so they auto get put here this is a great way to track all of the contests that you're playing in one in one view right you don't have to look at Every single slate for DK, you can just look at the ones that you have uploaded CSVs for. Uh, therefore, you know you know that you have entries files there. So just a quick thing there uh, makes it pretty easy to navigate overall. Uh, okay, question was, you know, sorting metrics for showdown here. So if you guys notice, uh, it is defaulting to Saber Score here for single game. So if you click into this formula, you're going to see that it is uh, three variables, sim optimals, some projection, and a negative weight on average adjusted ownership. Frankly, I still think that using sim optimals is a great uh, great option here. Uh, having that as a variable is important in, in my opinion. I think that that information is valuable. So honestly, I probably wouldn't just sort by risk-adjusted ROI or ROI. I would probably uh, maybe create a custom metric here that that uses both of those things. Like maybe I'm using risk adjusted ROI and I'm using sim optimals. Uh, so I think that, you know, that, that is good here. Just thinking through this out loud here, cause I haven't done a ton of showdown content yet. Um, if this lineup is showing up as optimal in the Sims, so the contest sim is going to be different, right? So, so just don't confuse those two things. So basically when we are simulating out the game, we are, pulling sims from our simulation database, our thousands and thousands of game sims of the game. And then we are building the lineups. And then when we are running the contest sim, that is a separate sim. So, so don't confuse the sims that are used to build the lineups. And then the sims that are used as your contest sims, because the contest sim 
is accounting for the field lineups. It is what are the other lineups that are going to be in your contest, right? What are our projected field lineups? So um, it, I don't think you can say one for one that, oh, high sim optimal lineups are going to do well in the contest sim. I think that is kind of what you are seeing here. But I do think that, you know, you could probably strike a balance between the two and have some type of custom metric that that balances, you know, risk-adjusted ROI and sim optimals. And then sim optimals can be like, your safety net, right? So we talk about building in projected score or cash rate or win rate or cash rate or some ownership, et cetera. Maybe you're building in uh, some custom metric that is balancing ROI, risk adjusted ROI and sim optimals uh, some way, somehow, right? So you're going to have to build these custom metrics and then you're going to have to let them sort your pool. And then you're going to have to see if the lineups that are being returned pass the eye test for you. That's, that's really like the only way to do it here is build the lineups you know, go and look at your exposures, go and look at your captains, go and look at your flex players, and then see how it changes when you sort by ROI, when you sort by projected score, when you sort by your custom metric and, and see, you know, what kind of balance you get. And then either go in, adjust the weights, adjust the variables, et cetera here. So I would recommend if you're going to do something like that, probably start a little sooner than, you know, Sunday morning and um, come in here, you know, and, and, and start to massage it and, and figure out which which way you want to go. So good question there. Uh, really quickly, Garfield said, where's the link to the max challenge? It is in the description of this. Oh, you don't see it in the description? Interesting. Um, it's possible that it is not, which I apologize for. I thought it was here. So I will double check that. But in the meantime, I will just drop it in the chat here. So I'm going to drop it in the chat. Uh, that link will take you to the sign-up. Thank you for letting me know that you did not see it. All right. Uh, really quickly, this is a uh, kind of quick one. Said, is there any way to download all lineups from all builds? Is there any way to download the results of Sims that show players, uh, Sim 1, Sim 2, Sim 3, Sim 4? So if you want to download the lineups that you built, just go to, don't go to my lineups, close that, go to pool here. And then this download button will allow you to download the entire pool of lineups from a build. If you have multiple builds, you're going to have to go into multiple builds to download them. And then the second part is that, no, there is no way to download the actual SIM information of how the players do. We just show the um, range of outcomes for the players here in this distribution of how they did. We show the correlations, et cetera, here. So that is uh, going to be your best source for that information, but unfortunately not downloadable. All right. Next question here. Question says, I've been with Saberton for a minute and been playing DFS for over six years. The biggest question I have is how do you go about picking your single entry lineup from your pool? So if you uh, missed it at the beginning of the show, check out that segment there. I am going to be sending timestamp, uh, timestamp recordings of all of these answers to everybody that sent in a question. So I will make sure to get the right timestamp back over to you, but we definitely covered single entry strategy at the beginning of the show. All right. Next question here. Question says, excited to see how everything plays out with the Sims ultimate and NFL. Honestly, just been think. uh, just uh, one thing about contest selection and the best way to be profitable in NFL, managing multiple slates, managing multiple sports and slates is also 
of mind. Feels a bit overwhelming, uh, but really like what you guys have put together so far. So this is like the perfect uh, scenario. You know, if you're playing all the showdowns, if you're playing the main slate, the afternoon slates, the the turbos, you know, whatever, this My Slates tab is really going to be your best friend and, and help you keep track of everything that you're doing here. So I would take advantage of this uh, just screen and, and, and you know, go in here, click through each one and, and just knock them out one at a time here. So I would take advantage of that. And then uh, second part that I did want to talk about, uh, one, you mentioned contest selection. So we are going to put out a DFS profit plan video that is NFL focused here. Um, you guys are, you guys should be familiar. I talk about it all the time, but in case anybody is not on the YouTube channel, on the homepage, if you go to home, you scroll down, you go to new here, start here first, this start winning more with our DFS profit plan. This is our contest selection framework that we created from contest back testing here talks about splitting your line, splitting your uh, lineups for a day into two builds, single entry and three max, and then 20 max and 150 max, and then only playing 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll on an individual uh, sport slate uh, per day basis, right? So any correlated slates. If we're playing NFL uh, week one on, on Sunday, you should play 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll that day. Uh, recently, somebody came in and asked me, hey, you know, since NFL only has so many, only has, you know, 18 main slates, should we, should we play more percentage? And actually, I think the answer was that you should play less because in MLB, you know, you have... April, May, June, July, August, September, you have six months of a slate every single day, minus the all-star break. You're playing 30 to 31 days a month here. Uh, that is plenty of time to smooth out your variance or, you know, uh, it, it actually might not be, but that's like a bigger conversation, but basically you just get more access to slates, right? You're getting 180 slates, which is 10 times as many slates as you're getting in an NFL season. So the variance in an NFL season is going to be so much higher than in an MLB season, in an NBA season. So, um, you know, just, just understanding that bankroll management is also, is actually even more important in NFL because the contests are so much bigger. There's so much more good action that you can get, but you have to remember that there are only 18 main slates still. So it is important to watch your bankroll, you know, protect your bankroll at all costs and make sure that you can make it to the end of the season here. All right. Great question here or there. And then moving on to our next one. Question says, hi, Andrew. I like your stack menu, but is there a way for me to say only pair QB with wide receiver in a stack? I don't like it when running backs are stacked with QBs. And when I used Saberson last year, running backs would get thrown in the mix from time to time, especially grinder backs. Thanks. Uh, yes, you could definitely do this with Saberson. I will show you how to do it right now. So going back to our uh, Thursday to Monday main slate here, going to demo this. So go to settings and then go to lineup rules and then go to add new rule. And then what you would do is you would say stack advanced here. And basically in this pane, it's going to give you all these options for players here. So what I'm going to say is QB equals one. And then I'm going to make sure that running back equals zero. I'm going to make sure that this wide receiver equals one here. So, so this is greater than or equal to. So what I'm saying is use a quarterback and use a wide receiver and use exactly zero running backs. This gives the option for tight ends to be used here. 
but I have made sure that I am making running backs at zero. And then once I save this rule, that rule will be checked. And then any lineups I build from this point on will have those two things in mind. So you will always get lineups with a QB and a wide receiver. And we can just test this, right? Make sure it's working right. So I have my 500 lineups. Going to rebuild my lineups here and then going to see what these come out with. But I am fairly positive that this should work. Going to grab some water while we wait for these lineups to build. All right. Lineups are just about finished here. All right, we are in the post build now. So going to go over to my uh, stack exposures. Stack exposures are going to be the best place to see this. And then one thing is that I'm always getting a QB plus, I'm getting a QB stack in every build here. So that's good to know. And then what I want to see, the way I would probably do this to check is go by quarterback exposure. So I'm going to go to quarterbacks. I'm going to go to exposure. And then it looks like Baker Mayfield is in all uh, 20 lineups here. So let's go to pool exposure, actually. And then I'm just going to filter for Baker Mayfield. So show lineups with him. Your exposures are going to update. So if I go to running backs, I'm going to see the running backs that are being used in lineups with Baker Mayfield now that I'm uh, sorted for him. And what I will see here is that Rashad White is grayed out. And then if I go over to exposures, I'm getting no lineups with Rashad White with my Baker Mayfield uh, exposure here. So that looks like it is working right to me. And then one another thing I could do to test it is also sort for Rashad White. So now I'm saying show me lineups with Baker Mayfield and Rashad White. And lo and behold, the pool goes down to zero. So there are zero lineups in my pool with those two players together. So it looks like it's working right to me, but that is how I would uh, double check. But all is good so far. So that, uh, you know, go back in the video, pause the video and rewrite that advanced rule. And that should get you on your way. All right. Next question here. Mostly just curious. What's the best way to leverage the new Sims in my NFL process uh, have had a lot of trial and error with MLB, but going in blind with NFL. So good question here. Um, what I will say is that, you know, if you have an established MLB process, but you are, you know, really just kind of diving into NFL for the first time here, uh, you do not have to play 5% of your bankroll on week one. There are so many contests to play. It's going to be so easy to get extra action, but you know, you can play less than that. I, I would say, you know, 1%, you know, maybe instead of two and a half to 5%, you go one to two and a half percent and then play a little less. So um, if you are starting a new sport for the first time, you know, don't just jump in and play the same action that you do on another sport where you have an established process that you are, that you have been profitable in, right? I think that's one of the worst things that you can do as a DFS player is just assume that, Hey, uh, success in this one sport is going to translate to success in another sport and, and just be a little careful by doing that here. But uh, I think, I think our, how to be NFL videos are going to be a great place to start and should get you on your way. So be on the lookout for those. We'll definitely be communicating that as those come out. All right. Next question here.
question says, hey, Andrew, the biggest DFS question I have on my mind is will I be able to run no stacks this year in NFL? There was an issue last NFL season that never seemed to get resolved that would not allow that would not allow no stacks to appear in Sims. Okay, so let's just test this out, right? Uh, so let's go to, I would probably do this with a lineup rule and I would create an advanced stack. And what I would say is QB equals one. And I would make sure all these other fields say zero. So equal to zero wide receivers, equal to zero running backs, and equal to zero tight ends. And I would save that rule. So now we've updated our lineup rule here. And we're basically saying use a quarterback without any of his position players. And then we'll run new lineups for that. And then we will see what we get on the other side. But my, my, my feeling is that this is the rule that will get you what you're looking for. So let's let lineups run here. Grabbing a little bit of coffee. Uh Oh, lineups aren't building. It's not good. We might be able to get this one other way. I have one backup plan in mind. And no lineups built. All right. Going back to settings here. Going to get rid of this rule. So I'm going to try this with a group rule. I'm going to try this with an automatic rule. So I'm going to say if at least one, I'm going to group by team. I'm going to say quarterback. So if I'm using at least one quarterback, then use exactly zero on the same team. And I'm going to check the position players. So I'm saying, hey, if I create, if I'm using a quarterback, do not use their position players. And then what I want to do, say this as a manual rule. So you can go in and look at this real quick to make sure it looks good. So it's going to create a new rule for each team on the slate here. And then since it's manual, I can actually open this up and go and look. So then it's saying if at least one, which is Baker Mayfield, our primary player, then use zero of all of his position players. So this rule looks correct to me. So then now I am just going to go back in. I'm going to save it as an auto rule now that I've verified it. And then the good thing about auto rules is that they uh, they they carry over and they, they update for projection adjustments. So if you have some type of stat requirement or something, it will update for that news. But anyways going to try and rerun lineups here. And Neil Neil asked, you know, why would you do this? Uh, I, I don't know, but maybe they know something we don't know and are, you know, maybe they're focusing their players, their quarterback pool around, you know, guys that are run-heavy quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, not not too sure. But, you know, I, I, I am here to answer the people's questions. So lineups built. Let's go to our stacks and boom, it worked. So it looks like it works now. So we have uh, no QB stacks. If I go to pool, I have no QB stacks or I have QB plus zero with a run back. And then I have QB plus zero with two run backs. So this group rule did indeed work. So just pause the video, rewrite that rule for yourself and you should be on your merry way. All right, next question here. 
Ryan said, Andrew going to be here till midnight. Yeah, man. All night, dude. All right. Question says, how can I put an aggregate cap on player exposures for NFL lineups? For my previous question, old version allowed users to edit the max exposure. Not sure where to find that on the new update. Okay. So, yes. So, it used to be in the build settings. There was a global max exposure button. That button got moved here, and it is going to get uh, put in as a right-click option under max exposure. It is not there yet, unfortunately. So if you want to do this, I will show you how. So go to download. Click this download. Let me pull up my whole screen here. So I'm going to pull up my whole screen. Yeah, it's going to, The CSV is going to be downloaded. And then you're going to get the table from the home screen in a CSV format. What you would do here is go to max, max exposure. Maybe you want a cap of 50% to every player. So put 50 in the first uh, first or second row, technically. Put 50 in the third row. So you have to put it twice here. If you only put it once and you drag down, uh, it usually doesn't work right. So you have to put it in two, highlight both, and then drag this all the way down. And I would just do it to the last player with a projection here. And then once I hit all these zeros, I would just uh, stop there. So then boom, now I have 50 max exposure to every player with a projection here. And then all I have to do is just save this, close it out, go to upload, go to upload CSV, go and grab that file. And then it is going to match D DFS ID, match the names here. And then uh, the projections, I don't mind if it matches. Don't mind if it matches the ownership. And then I'm going to make sure that it is matching this max exposure, which it is. And then I just hit save. And then uh, I don't have to save a projection source. Don't really care about that. And then when I go to all, everybody's going to have this 50% max, max exposure. So remember that the all tab is, is uh, I don't want to, I don't want to use all to describe all, but uh Basically, players can have exposure in one column. So, like, say you put it in, say you put 50% wide receiver exposure to Justin Jefferson. Well, if the builder likes Justin Jefferson, it can be like, fine, I'm going to put 50% in the wide receiver column, but then I'm going to go put another 50% in the flex, and it's going to actually circumvent what you were trying to protect. But if you put it in the all tab, then this will apply it across the entire lineup and not just in an individual column. So that is what the all tab is, is good for. And that is why I would use that uh, for your max exposure. So if you upload those max exposures, you don't see them in one of these uh, other slots, just check your all tab and you should be, and you should be uh, ready to go. All right. Next question here. Oof. Uh, where was I? Lost my spot. All right. Question says, will I be able to build lineups with a player from the opposing team in my stack? Yes, you can 100% do that. And we actually do that for you very often here. So one, you could set this as a rule. So if I go to uh, lineup rules, I go to add new rule. What I can do is say, I can do a basic stack. So I'm going to say stack at least three. If I want to do like a QB plus two or if I want to do a QB plus one, maybe so stack at least two. So I'm saying use a quarterback plus one of his positions here. 
And then I can say with at least, we'll say uh, one. You can even say exactly one. And then I'm going to do position players from the opposing team. So it's saying do a quarterback plus one stack with exactly one player from the opposing team. And then you can, you know, maybe you only want wide receivers or tight ends. So this is an easy way to do it. This basic way, you could even be more specific with the advanced way. So what I could say is, you know, use a quarterback and then use um, at least one, I could say a wide receiver or tight end here. And then I'm going to check this opposing team box. And I'm going to say with at least one wide receiver on the opposite team. And then I would save that. And then that would do that for me. But just building lineups on default is going to get you a lot of runbacks in general here. I know we did that one rule with uh, with no quarterback stacks, but even then we were getting runbacks in those stacks here, right? So just doing a default build here, no crazy uh, adjustments or rules. I'm actually going to reset the build here. Just get rid of any, any adjustments that we've made here to flex spots, et cetera, here. Going to make my two adjustments two projections and then going to build fresh lineups here uh, with no rules, no exposures, right? We got rid of those max exposures, et cetera here. And then we'll just see what we return. But uh, we understand the value of correlation, right? If you pull up any wide receiver, if I pull up Justin Jefferson, who is playing Tampa Bay, I can see who he's correlated to. And first off, he is correlated to his quarterback, but his second highest correlation is Mike Evans, an opposing wide receiver. So the sim understands that, hey, you know, when Justin Jefferson is having a good game, Tampa Bay is probably throwing the ball a lot as well. And Mike Evans has uh, is has some correlation when to Justin Jefferson. So sim is picking up on that, and you can see that with these correlation coefficients here. But anyways, jumping into my lineups, I built 500 lineups. And out of those 500 lineups, we are getting lineups with runbacks. Not probably not too many here, but I'm getting QB plus one with one runback in eight percent of my lineups, and then uh, some lower here. But if this is not enough for you, you want to build in more runbacks. Uh, that is the way to do it. And then the great thing here, right, is with our new favorites option, you could run a default build. You know, take some lineups from there, and then maybe you want to have a subset of lineups that do have you know a particular number of runbacks. You could create a second build with that rule in place. And then you can combine those into, into a uh, set of lineups that you ultimately use to fill your contest with the favorites option. So if I want to, you know, run this default build, I have 20 lineups. I use the favorite icon here, the little star. And then when I go to my favorites tab, which now gets activated, those 20 lineups are going to be here. And then if I have a second build with the rule on then I could uh, use the favorites in that build, and then that will send the 20 lineups to the favorites tab. And then now, now I have 40 lineups that were constructed using different rules that I can use to save to my contest. So great, great uh, use case for the favorites option if you're not getting what you want in a single build here. All right, next question here. Question says, I've been concentrating on following the recommendations from your videos for baseball. This will be the first time I, I use SaberSim for football. What videos do you recommend I watch for football? So I answered a very similar question here uh, with, with the um, person who was saying that they've had a lot of trial and error with MLB and uh, kind of first time jumping into football. Going to be a very similar response. So uh, I will send the timestamp recording from that response to this user as well here. 
All right. Next question. Simple one. It says, hey, how do I win DFS GPPs? So the good news is that you come to the right optimizer, right? Our optimizer is not built to pack in as many projected points as possible, right? A lot of other optimizers in the industry, they are solving a knapsack problem. They are taking the average projections and saying, how many average projections can I fit into your lineup? Uh, we don't do that uh, on the default. If you want to do that, if you want to see what other people are doing, change your build mode to optimizer mode. And optimizer mode is going to uh, optimize for projected points. It's going to try and put as many projected points under the salary cap into your lineup as possible here. When, when you're using sim mode, what we are doing is you know, we have thousands of sims of each game on the slate. We are taking subsets of those sims. So we might take 10 sims from Detroit KC, 10 sims from Tampa Bay, Minnesota. And then we are running slate simulations of all of those games on the slate and then building the best lineup from that set of simulations. And then we are doing that 500 times or 5,000 times, depending on how many lineups you're building. And then our, our, uh, lineup sorting metrics are optimized based on upside. So if you go to lineups, you go to any one of these Sabre scores here, click on the eye icon. So what you're going to see is three variables, some projection, 99th percentile, and a negative weight on average adjusted ownership. Uh, the larger the contest size, the more we are going to put a weight on upside and the less we are going to put a weight on average projection. So the average projection is built in here as a safety net, but we are putting most of our weight, you know, over double the weight on the 95th percentile of these lineups. What the 95th percentile is, so basically we create the lineups and then we go back into the sim and then we say across our simulations, how did this combination of players do? And then we get a range of outcomes for the lineup. So if I go to, uh, if I click on percentiles here, sometimes it doesn't populate right away. I don't know why. If I click on 95th and sort by it, you're going to see it populate here. And then you can hover and then you can see the fantasy scores for all the different percentiles for the lineup. So basically it's saying this group of one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, this group of nine players, 50% 50, 50 of the time in our Sims, they score 139.66 points. 25% of the time, they score 158.08 points. 1% of the time, they score 207.26 points here. And this is giving you a range of outcomes for the lineups. The reason that this is good is because it is looking at the lineup as a whole. It is not looking at the 95th percentile of Joe Burrow, the 95th percentile of Jamal Williams, and you know the 95th percentile for every other player in the lineup, and then combining those together. That is taking a 5% outcome multiplying it by a 5% outcome, multiplying by 5% outcome, doing that nine times, you're taking 5% to the power of nine, which is an incredibly small number. That means that that outcome isn't super likely to happen. But if you look at the lineup as a whole, this is much more representative of what actually happens in DFS contests. You're going to have this mix and match. Some guys might have a 99th percentile outcome. You might have, you know, one to three players with that. You might have a couple players with a 95th percentile. You might have a couple players with an 85th percentile outcome and you get this mix and match effect. So looking at the lineups as a whole across a distribution of our slate simulations is much more representative of what actually happens in real life. All right. Good questions so far. I think we're about like halfway through here. So going to hit this next one. 
Question says, coming from an optimizer, fantasy cruncher, background, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough to add value and I'm just clicking an easy button, which may or may not work. If you had one SS feature besides the Sims that you would say is the biggest value add, what would it be? So I think this is a really good question here. Honestly, I think that you have been tricked into thinking that the more time you spend on your DFS process, the better your lineups will be. And I think that, you know, SaberSim challenges those ideas by trying to do all of the busy work for you. You do not need to create groups and rules to account for correlation. We are doing that with our correlation slider. And our correlation slider uh, is not just using the average correlations of the players. Frankly, I don't care how Travis Kelsey does when Patrick Mahomes has a very poor performance. I care how the other position players on Kansas City do when Patrick Mahomes has a very high fantasy point outcome. And those are what we call upside correlations. And those are the correlations that we are looking at when we go to build your lineups. So we are looking at the upside correlations of all of these players because they are not going to get into your lineup unless they had an upside outcome in the Sims. So I think that, you know, sometimes less is more with SaberSim here. I think that sometimes people try and um, come into SaberSim and, you know, build in all these groups and rules that they've been so familiar with doing. And it actually kind of handicap, uh, puts like a handcuffs on the Sim optimizer and, and, and is not letting it do what it does best. So what I tell people is that your best value add using SaberSim is in risk management. SaberSim is not good at risk management. That is why we are creating risk adjusted ROI. We, we, we know that SaberSim is just like giving you what it expects to be the highest ROI lineups. And those can be really similar with a lot of the best, with a lot of what SaberSim to be, what SaberSim believes are the best plays for a slate. And it is just jamming them in because it, it, it believes that, Hey, these, uh, players, these teams are what are going to get you to these high ROI lineups. And it is, you know, the user's job to do risk management, go in there and say, okay, you know, I understand that these, uh, this is the angle that you want to take for the slate, but let's tone it down a little bit. Let's diversify. Let's put some exposure caps. Let's do some, some different things to manage our risk on, on this slate and not have a super boomer bust night. So that the best thing that I think users can do is let us take care of the projections. Let us take care of the ownership. Let us take care of the correlation. You spend your time, you know, making game theory decisions, uh, making bankroll management decisions about what you want to do in the post build after the lineups are created. I think all of that work before is what we do best. And what you can do in the post build is better than what SaberSim can do in and of itself. I talk about this man plus machine approach. And I think that, you know, man plus machine is always better than just man or just machine. So figure out how to find a balance there. All right. Next question here. Working through it says it's sorted by 95th percentile better than saber score. Um, I think that 95th percentile has its place, but I think saber score is probably better. And the reason I think that is because saber sim is taking into account lineup percentiles and it's taking into account different lineup percentiles based on the contest that you're playing. So if I look at a large slate, 100 to 1K entries, and I click on the eye icon, 
it is using 85th percentile and it is using it at a 0.5 weight here. If I look at large slate 50K plus entries, we are now going up to 95th percentile and we are using it at a 0.7 weight here. So basically, depending on the contest size here, our contest backtesting when we were creating these Sabre scores, different percentiles graded out better in different contest sims. So I think just doing like a blanket 85th percentile is probably not the best option here. And using the percentiles that as, as part of this overarching formula, still taking into account ownership, still using some amount of weight on some projection here is better than just percentiles alone. I think that, you know, if Matt had found that out, then the percentile would probably have a bigger weight here. But what we found out is that ownership is still important. Average projection is still important to have that, that floor for the lineup. So I think all the, I think it's, I think it is better used uh, together with these other variables than in and of itself. So that is my thoughts there. All right. Next question here. What's the best stack to use for NFL college too? Uh, so NFL and college are a little bit different just because college has the super flex spot and you could use multiple quarterbacks. So I think that I, I will leave that uh, part out for now, but you know, honestly, my, my, my favorite way to figure this out is run a build on default settings, come into here, see what stacks are coming up the most often. And we're getting a ton of QB plus twos at the moment, getting a lot of QB plus threes as well here. And then you could even do what we talked about earlier where, Hey, you know, in my top uh, 10% of my lineups, what are the most common stacks here? And, and it's pretty reflective of what we're seeing in the overall pool here with QB plus twos and QB plus threes. But I would let these exposures guide you and answer this question for you rather than take a blanket answer that I tell you one week and then use that forever going forward, right? I don't think that that is the type of heuristic that you really need to use. All right, next question here. Question says, what's the best way to find upside in single game contests, whether it's MLB, NFL, or NBA? And I normally play FanDuel. So if you like want to optimize for upside and upside at all costs, then I think that is where something like 99th percentile can be useful. But you have to have this approach, right? You have to say, hey, I, I want to find upside and I want to find upside at all costs. That is where I would say, okay, you know, if you only care about upside, use lineup percentiles, right? But do you want to use a 99th percentile for a single entry contest, right? Um, so this is where I would say use the Sabre scores to guide you. Figure out what size contest you're playing. Uh, small slate is anything that is five games or less. And large slate is anything that is six games or more. And, you know, maybe use the percentile that it's saying, hey, I'm playing a 1K to 10K uh, large slate single entry. Maybe I use 95th percentile. I am playing a small slate 100 to 1K entries. Maybe I use 99th percentile. And, and I'm actually pretty surprised, but I think it's a small slate that is leading to that 99th percentile being used. So you could possibly use that to guide you here. All right. Next question here. 
Question says, will the stats offer targets for wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends? Uh, I think this is a solid request here. If I go into uh, my home table here, go to all. If I go over to the right-hand side, you're going to see all these detailed stats. If you guys are on the pro plan or the ultimate plan, we do have receptions. If I go to receivers, and then we, you can even go to flex if you want to see running backs, wide receivers, tight ends all together. I do have receptions and we do have receiving yards. We don't have targets. So what I can do is take a feature request back here. So feature request, uh, targets, stat, home table, and let the team know that people are asking for that. But I think that is something that we should be able to support here. All right, next question here. Question says, NFL showdown breakdowns slash strategy. So uh, in case you guys missed it on, so tomorrow we're going to have a normal stream. And then Thursday, Jordan is going to be on the show with me talking NFL showdown breakdown strategy ahead of the Detroit KC game. And then on Friday, Jordan is going to be back with me and we are going to be discussing main slate strategy uh, for week one NFL. So be on the lookout for that. If you guys have questions about it, happy to talk about it and uh, be on the lookout for that show. And I, also, I believe we will have a showdown video in our NFL uh, 2023 YouTube playlist. All right. I um, think I answered this one actually on the normal office hours earlier today, but happy to circle back on it. It said, in NFL showdown, is it better to X out players I don't want in the captain pre or post build? Two, is it better to set max salary pre build or run a build and then set a salary filter? Three, this is an odd one before I understand which settings to use, i.e., single game, small slate, large slate. I thought it meant entry size. So for NBA showdown, I use small slate and binked. Uh, was it luck, flaw, and saber sim? Since on Correct settings. I've made good lineups and I'm happy with the product, but that 1800 is now 800. Just a curious case. Was wondering what your thoughts are. Okay, just going to start from top down here. So number one, is it better to X out captains I don't want pre or post build? Honestly, so me, I don't like to X out anything. I like to just build the lineups and uh, see what it returns. But if you know you don't want to play somebody, I don't mind Xing them out. Uh, there, it's almost like wasting lineups at that point, right? So for me, I am trying to just let the Sims do what they do, build the lineups, and then wiggle it down from there. If you are somebody saying, hey, I, I know that I don't want to play this one player, uh, all that's going to do is give you more available lineups that look closer to what you want them to look like. So that is like a pro and a con for doing it that way. Number two, is it better to set max salary pre-build or run a build and then set a salary filter? So so the reason that I'm, that I'm saying I don't like to make these adjustments in uh, the before running my lineups is because you, are, you can have an effect on the outputs of the sim. So if we return a sim that is max salary and you've set a salary cap of $49,900, well, now we need to go in and alter the lineup to get under that salary cap. So it has a little bit of an effect on the sim outputs there. Um, so that is one thing to take into account. But that is, um, you know, a, a reason for letting it run and then using it as a filter here. And then third one uh, says, you know, you you binked with a particular sorting metric and haven't binked since. Um, I would say that, you know, Showdown is probably one of the 
what's the word I'm looking for? Most variant type of DFS sports here. You were taking a single game and you were playing it a single time. And, um, you know, our play-by-play sims help us to have accurate game scripts of what can happen. We are simming the games out play-by-play. So we get an idea of how these games play out. But ultimately, you know, I think that um, it was probably, I mean, I'm happy you being, you know, right? But I don't think that the sorting metric had a, ton to do with it here um you know it's probably just better to focus on optimizing your portfolio management here understanding you know playing a good balance of single entry and three max playing a good balance of 20 max and 150 max getting a nice solid set of lineups all together here and focusing on that in general playing you know more than one lineup on a given night and i think if you do that you will find yourself back in the winner's circle <clears throat> One second. All right. Next question here. Does the, oh, got to get it in the chat first. Getting the question in the chat says, does the ROI metrics really make the ultimate package way better than the pro version? So I think our pro plan is good. I think that, you know, some of the good things on the pro plan that are new is contest flashback, right? If you go to contests, and then you go to a uh, past slate here. So we'll use like MLB, for example. So I'll go to yesterday's MLB slate. Go to uh, the sixth here. Go to the main slate. So for any past DraftKings slate at the moment here, you go to contests. You go to all contests. And I don't know why I don't see it. Maybe I have to right-click. Contests. I'm on the sixth. So I don't know where my eye icon went. Let's try a different day. Slates. Go back to, uh, let's try Sunday, maybe. Go to the seven-game main slate. Go to contests. Ah, there it is. So I don't know why it's not up for that one day, uh, but this review column and these eye icons, this will allow you to look at all of these contests and see what, how many players there were, what were the stack exposures, you know, how individual players did in actual ROI, how they did in our simulation data. So we are taking all of the lineups from the contest and running it through our own simulations and showing you what we think were the best lineups over the long term for this day. So if I go to users, I can see all the players. I can sort by 150 maxers. You know, maybe I want to go and look at what Scout did, right? And I can see uh, what his sim average profit was and what his actual profit was. So Scout lost money, but we we thought that he did pretty well in our sims. And I can see how Shady did, right? I can see how Brick did. I can see how Web the Kid did. I can see you know, Buffoon, Garns, all these top players, right? Giant Squid down here as well. And I can see their sim ROI. I can see actual ROI. And I can, you know, even even um, filter for these players and see how they did. So looks like Jamie Laurie had a huge day. Uh, if I want to see, you know, none of these players are 150 maxers. So if I want to go back to 150, I can show only Shady's lineups, and then I can go look at his stack exposure. Play a bunch of five twos. Go look at his individual players. Was uh, his team stacks was was pretty flat here, right? No more than twenty five percent exposure to one individual team. Look at his player exposures. 
and had a lot of Zach Thompson, who he was over the field on significantly, right? And I can say, okay, you know, how did how did he get to those plays? You know, why didn't I get to those plays, et cetera, here, right? And it looks like he even uh, outperformed his projection pretty well here, had a, had a pretty solid outing. But this is now available on the pro plan. The biggest difference between the pro and the ultimate is going to be the access to contest sims. Uh, you know, getting back to the question, what I've been telling people is like, hey, if you are not ready to implement contest sims, if you don't have the time to learn this new tool, if you, um, you know, have a process that you are comfortable with, don't upgrade. Stay on the pro plan. You know, that's okay. It's not for everybody. Contest sims are not going to be for everybody. And I think it's okay to not use them. So by no means do you have to upgrade. Um, like I said, it is a nice to have. Uh, a lot of more people are going to be using them. So that's that's one thing, right? Uh, you're making a deliberate choice to not adopt this new tool, but by no means do you have to use it. Uh, so I think that if you're comfortable on the pro plan, that you should stay there. All right, next question here. Question says, how do I organize contests by ownership? The red zone, for instance, never has a winner with more than 160% ownership. Every contest requires unique ownership. How to best go about doing this efficiently and effectively? Okay, a couple different options for you here. So let's go back to these NFL contests. Just go back to my slates. We'll go back to Thursday to Monday. So there's basically two ways to account for this. And I am waiting for SaberSim to navigate to the slate. It looks a little frozen here. Page unresponsive. So I'm going to click wait. And, and then now it goes. Okay, so we're good. So we're back to the NFL slate for Thursday to Monday. Uh, two ways to do this. If you want to set a rule where, hey, I do not want any lineups with greater than 160% sum ownership, I just go to add new rule. I go to rule type aggregate. And I go to my own sum, no more than, and then I put 160. And then now every lineup that I build will abide by this rule. Let's say that I don't want to write the rule. And let's say I want to do this in the post build. What I could do here, well, first thing I want to do is I just want to sort by ownership. And I just want to see what the highest owned lineups are. So I don't even see any lineups that are above that value. Our highest sum owned lineup in our pool of 500 is 119%. But basically, let's say that you didn't want any lineup over 100%. What you can do is use a filter. So go to lineup filters, go to add filter, and then say show lineups with ownership less than 100. And I hit save. So what it's going to do is it is going to go and look for look through the pool of lineups and put all the lineups with some ownership over 100% into the trash. Now we have 42 lineups in our trash bin that were in our pool previously. So just a note for you there. All right. Good question there. And I'm going to move on to our next question. Question says, it used to sort by SIM score. Now it has other options that don't make any sense. What is considered a small or large slate? Okay, so we did change the nomenclature here. Uh, if you look under your lineup, like say you're sorting by by a so so. Okay, so to take a step back, 
whatever your build settings are or what saber score it is going to default to. So if you have entry limit, uh, if you have entrance of 10 to 50 K, then we are going to one, look at how many games are on the slate. Since there's 16 games is going to be considered a large slate. And then we're going to do large slate 10 to 50 K entrance as your default saber score, which is what is showing here. Um, this is saber score. It is just before we should just have one saber score. Well, we didn't want just one saber score. We understood that small slates play different from large slates. Uh, lineups with a, a contest with different number of entries require different values or different weights on variables here. So we just we just broke out the saber scores into these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine options for you. So when you look under your lineup and you see large slate ninety four point seven two. This is the Sabre score. It just does not say Sabre score. So don't be confused, but you're still sorting Sabre score highest to lowest here. And then, um, so so that is that is what these Sabre scores are now. All right. Next question. How in the world do I use this new software without losing thousands of dollars? ROI is just too risky. Uh, good and fair assessment here. I think that you will be much better served with our risk adjusted ROI. I also think that you would be better served with a custom metric that balances, you know, ROI with cash rate, with projected score, you know, building in some of these safe safety nets here. So mess around with some of those things, see if the lineups are passing the eye test for you and go from there. But that is where I would suggest starting, or you can even use Saber score, right? I still think Saber score is a good sorting metric here and has a place with all of these other new metrics. So check them out. All right. Next question here. Um, really quickly, Benny Hanna said, can't find risk adjusted ROI anymore. Uh, so what I was told is that sometimes the, when you're logged in, you're getting stuck on a cached version of SaberSim. So what you would do is clear your cache. So a, I was told a hard refresh typically helps here. So do a control shift R on windows, a command shift R if you were on a Mac, or you can even go to your browser settings and, and, uh, clear your cache from, from your browser settings. So that should return the risk adjusted ROI and should allow it to show up. But yeah, definitely something that we are aware of and don't know why uh, people are ending up on cash version. Mm -hmm. So team is aware, team is looking into it. Kyle said, thank you for answering my question. Yeah, man, happy to help. That is what I am here for. All right, next question. Question says, Hello, Andrew. Thanks for reaching out. My biggest question is I've recently realized that I was building under SIM and wasn't faring well at all in contests. I switched to Optimizer and I'm guessing that it should help me do better. I'm wondering, is there an advantage to using SIM over the Optimizer in some instances or are SIM builds mainly for comparison and not building lineups to enter as I noticed that the projected score for SIM lineups is considerably lower than when I run a build with the same criteria with the optimizer thanks. Okay, so this is a question about sim mode versus optimizer mode. So so really the way that I like to think about this is it all comes down to the payout structure for the contest that you're playing. 
some contests are top heavier than others. Some contests are double ups if you're playing cash. The only time that I would personally use optimizer mode is if I was playing double ups, triple ups, uh, maybe even quintuple uh, ups, uh, where I am playing a cash type of game here, head to heads as well. The reason I like sim mode better is because sim mode is optimizing for upside. If you look at the payout structure for these contests, these contests are typically only paying the top 20% of lineups. And we can go and look, right? If I go to contests, open up the all contest pane. If I look at cash percent, most of these are all in the 20 to 27% range here, all within this bound, right? So the problem is that the payout when you do get into this 20th percentile is usually only double your money. So you are getting paid two to one on an outcome that is only happening one out of five times. So if, if, if you were trying to optimize for cashing in GPPs, you would go broke. You would, you would lose all your money because you're not getting paid even remotely close to what the raw odds are of you cashing when you cash, right? GPPs are all about the times that you win first place and it covers all of those losses. So your, your DFS tracker, if you're tracking your bankroll, it is not going to look anything like what a poker tracker would look like, which might be this uh, small like curve, you know, kind of up and down, up and down, but always kind of going uh, in, in a positive direction. DFS G GPP trackers are a lot of lose, 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 bink, lose, 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 bink. And it's just simply because of the payout structure. So yeah, um, using sim mode, using our saber score, you know, you, you are probably going to end up playing lineups that do, are not optimized based on projected score, because we don't think that building lineups with optimizing for projected score is the best way to win GPPs. We think that you need to be optimizing based on upside. You need to be aware of the ownership of the lineups and you, you need to have a small weight on projected score, but not a huge weight, right? So that, that is what our Sabre score metric would uh, recommend here. So, so I think that, you know, building on sim mode is the best option for winning GPPs. But if you want to, you could use optimizer mode. I would just be a little more careful and I would try to get out like, Hey, try, try to try to move past. Hey, I need to, you know, cash every night. Like, no, you do not need to cash every night in our contest backtesting, creating our DFS profit plan. We found that a winning player, a player with a high expectation of winning in a season only has six to eight profitable days in a calendar month playing MLB each and every day. So think about that. Six to eight profitable days means 22 to 24 losing days in a month. That is any profit. That is not, um, that is not, you know, a huge profit. That is, that is, Hey, they won money that day. And you have to think about the rake, right? Uh, if you are playing a $10 contest and it is raked at 15%, automatically once a contest start your ten dollars becomes eight point five dollars so people say hey you know i'm breaking even um you know i i feel like i need to do more like hey you are beating the rate you are getting your money back is winning and then now it's just about taking that next step to get into the profit right so don't be super discouraged if that is what is happening to you next question here question says how do I get my exposures right this time? So 
one thing that is new here is our all-in-one builds. And this was specifically created to help users get the exposures that they want. So mm -hmm. a lot of times in the old Saber Sam, it was make adjustments on the home screen, run a build, uh, make minimax exposure changes. Oh, I ran into an unable to meet exposures message. Send those exposures back home. Send those projection changes back home. Rerun a build and then see if I can get it the second time. Uh, we're trying to streamline that process for you with all of that information here. So if you run a build and you are making adjustments to minimax exposures, you run into the error message. All you need to do is just click this build lineups button. It is going to trash the lineups that you currently have, rerun lineups with the adjustments that you've made to projections, to minimax exposures. And it is just going to save you time from all the back and forth and having all these builds that you're no longer using. You've already determined that this build cannot find enough lineups that you want. Why do you even need it anymore? So we are just getting rid of those lineups and getting you new lineups with the lineups that you want. So, uh, you know, I think this all-in-one build approach should help you streamline that process. All right, next question here. Question says, who is the best value running back? Good question. If you want to find this out, go to running backs and then sort by value. So if you go over, uh, you can find the value column. Value is simply my projection divided by salary times a thousand. This is, you know, point per dollar value it's referred to as. This is, you know, oh, this guy's the best point per dollar play. That means like you are getting the best bang for your buck if you're trying to pack in as many projected points as possible by playing this player. Uh, so, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think value is bad, but um, I would just be careful, you know, optimizing for value. You're basically optimizing for projected score, trying to pack in as many projected points as possible. But this is a way to see, hey, what are the best value running backs on the slate sort by this value column? All right. Next question here. Question says, is research during the NFL season similar to MLB? Right now, I center my research on the most positive slash negative leverage plays and start a build around a pitcher slash stack I lock in on. I want to be able to do the same with quarterbacks probably. So I definitely think that research builds are still applicable for NFL. I think the one big thing with NFL is that there is a, because the main slate is once a week, there's a lot of coverage throughout the week and narratives can adapt. Um, you know, one of my favorites says, Hey, uh, you know, Raj, Najee Harris's rookie season, his first game, he played hundred percent of the snaps. So week two, everyone's like Najee Harris, played 100% of snaps and, and his ownership just got boosted. Right. So listen to narratives around the industry, uh, keep up with injury reporting. And I think that, you know, just because it's a week to week sport, a lot of these narratives can adapt as opposed to, Hey, you know, there's MLB tonight and guess what? There's MLB tomorrow and you just don't have that much coverage. So there's not as much time for those things to take effect. So be aware of that. But I still think that Research builds are good. I still think that you can, you know, research stacks and and try and find individual, uh, you know, combinations of players that you want to play there. So definitely think that's still viable strategy. All right. Next question here. Question says, hi, when I attempt to build single game lineups for the Yahoo slate on Thursday, I keep getting this error. Even when I reset to defaults after I get the same error, what can I do? Thanks. Okay, let's go look. So let's go to all slates, go to NFL, let's go to Yahoo, and we will go to single game, Detroit KC. 
mean, we'll just try to run a build on default settings here. So I'm going to make two projection adjustments, um, which I cannot do. Interesting. Okay, so if I go to flex, I could do it. So make two adjustments, two players in the flex here. This ownership looks very funky. So it could definitely be a problem on our end. I'm just going to try and build 500 lineups here. Hit build, see what happens. Okay, so something is definitely wrong with Yahoo single game. So let me make a note. Yahoo single game. Broken. And I will get back with the team. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, good question here. Question says, how do we see when projections are updated? Uh, so this refresh icon, the refresh projections, if you hover over it, now you will see the last time that projections updated for this slate. So I can see that there was a sim that ran earlier today at 3.18 p.m. for the Detroit KC game. And then if I click this, um, it will you know refresh those projections for me. So always just come up here and hover and you will be able to see that. All right. Um, so those are actually all of our initial questions here. I'm going to see if any additional ones came in, but then we will jump through. It looks like we have some questions in the YouTube chat and then in the office hours channel as well here. All right. So let's start with the office hours channel. And then, uh, there was a question, are there similar videos for NFL 2023, similar to what you did for baseball? Yes, we did cover that. Uh, GM 33 said two a days, love the effort. Yeah, man, we are out here in full effect. All right. Kentucky Nick said question on showdown. Do we have to fade top captains like Mahomes and Kelsey to prevent dupes? Uh, I think this is a good question. And the answer honestly, in my opinion is no, you don't. So let's go to all slates. Let's go back to DK. Actually just go to my slates, go to the DK, uh, showdown. So one of the best ways I think to account for duplication is, is with GeoMean. If you can create a custom metric, then you can create a GeoMean one. So this GeoMean one is one that I've created. It is a custom metric. So what I did is I went to my own product GeoMean and I'm showing the value. And then when I hit save, it will display it as a summary statistic here. So let's say that we'll just pick a contest here and we'll 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 do this. So let's say that I am playing this $10 150 max and I'm going to put some lineups in here. So it is uh, 296,784 entries into this contest. So let me just pull up my whole screen and I will demo this live. All right. Going to pull up the calculator. So in order to do the geo mean formula, in order to find out what is the geo mean value that I need to stay under for a certain amount of dupes, I need to pick a number of dupes to start with. So usually I like to start with a number like 20. I think 20 is good. So I'd go parentheses, 20, divided by the number of entries in the contest, which I just wrote down, was 296,784. Close the parentheses. Now I'm going to do that to the power, parentheses, 1 divided by the number of players in a lineup, which is 6. So 1 divided by 6, close parentheses, that equals 20.17. So 20.17 is the geo mean value, the estimate geo mean value for lineups that I expect to be duped 20 times. So when I go to my build that I ran, so what I can do here 
I'm going to go back to mini uniques of one and I'm going to go to filters and I go to add filter. So I'm going to sh go show lineups with geo mean less than 20.17. I'm going to save that. So what's going to happen from the 500 lineups? It moved 171 lineups into the trash. So then now I can see what the new exposures are for my lineups. And then this, um, this pool exposure also gets updated because there's now only 329 lineups in the pool. So even at this new, uh, with this GeoMean filter set, there's still plenty of Patrick Mahomes. There's still, you know, 27% in my pool. And in my top exposures, I'm still getting him at the same rate that I'm getting these other guys, right? I have four lineups with Mahomes captain. I have five with ARSB. Then I have five with Jameer Gibbs. Then I have three with Travis Kelsey. And then there, if I want to increase my exposure, I can still do that. I have available lineups. And the, you, you now know that these are all under that value. So this is how you do it on the pro or the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the pro or the ultimate plan. But if you're on the standard plan, what you can do is you can set a lineup aggregate rule. So go to lineup rules, go to add new rule, go to aggregate, go to my own geometric mean, no more than, and then you just put 20.17. Now what would happen is every lineup that you build after you set this rule, the lineup would stay under this value. And then you can just go and take your captains, you know, adjust your captain exposures however you want at that point you know that all the lineups are underneath this value and you can just feel comfortable knowing that a geo mean rule was taken into account when you built your lineups. So that is how I would do that. I do not think you need to fade any top owned captains. I think that you can get, you know, uh, just different with your lineup construction and still play them. All right. K Mason said, are field lineups for the contest sims limited to 5K lineups? Uh, they are for the moment, yes. So right now, all of the field lineups are limited to 5K. Question from Ryan. Ryan said, what's your process when you see potential overlay on a slate? Uh, good question here. So honestly, when I play, I usually stay on the lower end of the bankroll suggestion so it's like 2.5 to 5x uh to 5% of your bankroll i usually stay closer to the 2.5% and then if i see overlay that i want to go and get well i know that i have plenty of bankroll kind of left to go and play but i think that you know um you, you got to be careful because for instance the fanduel satellites overlay very frequently especially the low dollar satellites but it's super high variance because one you're winning tickets to a contest that only plays one. So you could spend a lot of time accumulating tickets, playing overlay, and then basically you still need to realize all of the EV from those tickets. And that's just going to happen in one single contest on one single day. So I like to capture overlay. I, I like to be a little careful capturing overlay and not get outside of my nightly bankroll allocation. I like to work it in as it fits into my contest selection. All right. Uh, question from Simple Chef. Question says, what's the difference between lineup exposure and entry exposure? I'm only entering the 50 cent 150 max on DK. So basically here, um, if you are playing multiple contests, then you can have, you know, 
let's say let's say you're playing 10 single entries, but you're only building three lineups. Well, some of those lineups are going to get used more than once, right? Each lineup will get used three times, and then one lineup will get used a fourth time. So your lineup exposure and your entry exposure can be different. So it just mostly helps you if you are entering a lineup into more than one contest to show you, you know, how much exposure is in that one lineup or uh, on those individual players, basically. And then second part of the question. So it said, you said you're only entering one, one contest. I don't know why they would be different in that instance. They should indeed be the same. So if you see something funky like that, go to the top right, use the report a problem link, and our team will be able to troubleshoot what is going on. It could be a bug. And then uh, said mine are different, even though it's one context, though. See the screenshot. Okay. So if they if you're only playing one contest and they're different, I would definitely use a report a problem link, and our team can look into what is going wrong. Said also, it doesn't matter if I adjust uniques before or after running the Sims. So if you're building on sim mode, we're not going to have it as an option to do pre-build. Uh, we are going to use it as a post-build filter. If you are on optimizer mode, then it is going to be a pre-build uh, requirement here. And that's because in optimizer mode, we are not building you a pool of lineups. If you need 20 lineups, we are only building you 20. So you have to put that in up front. If you are using sim mode, you might be requesting 20 lineups, but you're actually building you 500. So now you have plenty of lineups to filter from for those mini uniques in the post build. So a little bit different the way those two work. All right. Uh, all through all the questions in the office hours channel, jumping over to the YouTube chat and we will go from there. So, oh, I said favorite FanDuel stack. Uh, honestly, you know, watch some of the videos from earlier or some of the, some of the segments from earlier where we go through here and then we look at different snippets of the pool and then figure out, okay, what are the best stacks? Uh, what are the most exposed stacks across the entire pool, across the top 50% of the pool, the top 10%, the top 5%, et cetera, and then kind of figure out which one you want to play, which one is coming up most often. And that is my favorite way to do that. All right, Carr said, I'm still in my free trial, and I think there are some contests where after running contest sims, SS just thinks the contest itself is minus AV, single entry, slash winner take all on FanDuel. wonder if I'm doing anything wrong or if, or if it makes sense. Um, so that's an interesting conclusion, I would say. And if you think you're seeing something wrong, what I would do is send it to our support team and basically send in the contest that you're playing, uh, send a screenshot of how you were setting up your contest sim, and then we can test it on our end. All right, MN Raider said, with the new release, the magnifying glasses next to the player pool is gone. So once the build's completed, what is the best way to filter over the lineup pool with a particular player from within the pool? And it looks like they posted it twice. So what I would do is, um, you know, use that right-click option. I know it's, it's, it's funky. I know it's new but it is just a way that we were trying to save space here. So what I would do is just right click on the stack type or the team, and then the plus and mag minus magnifying glasses will appear. CG said, how much for a one-on-one -on -one coaching session? Honestly, we uh, tested this out in a beta version earlier this year. And, and uh, you know, we didn't like it. This is like the, the most, you know, one-on-one -on -one access you guys are going to get like, Hey, 
I am here, you know, almost at two hours answering every single question that came in. So if you guys have questions, send it in and I will answer it. Uh, you know, this is, this is uh, a, uh, this is your one-on-one -on -one coaching session. Noah said, hi, Andrew, do the Sims handle the new Superflex DraftKings slates? So not yet. Uh, they are new. I was told that we are not going to be able to support them for week one, but we are looking at ways to support them for future weeks of NFL. I think it just uh, kind of caught us off guard. MN Raider said, is support for owner's box discontinued? Yes. So as of last Friday, we discontinued support for owner's box contest. Uh, the, what, what we've been telling, you know, everybody has been asking is like the unfortunate reality is that um, the data that we were being provided from them was just very messy and it was taking a lot of resources for us to keep the trains up and running and with all of the other things that are going on it was just getting too much so unfortunately for the time being we are not supporting owners box contests in any way shape or form all right nathan said is there any way to download oh wait answer that one and then we had the link for the max challenge got that one scrolling down here Brian said, Andrew going to be here until midnight. Maybe, man. Maybe. All right. Scrolling down, scrolling down. And it looks like we are all caught up in the, oh, a couple more in the YouTube chat. Benny Hanna said, if Geomine is on a scale of zero to 100 and based on ownership, do you want it large or small? I've seen conflicting things on SaberSim when sorting by this metric. So, okay. So Geomine is something that you want smaller. So, if we go back to the example that we did earlier, what you are going to see here, let me pull up my screen again, pulling up my whole screen. If I go back to my calculator, so man, I don't have that. Okay. So we did 20 divided by 296.784 to the power of one divided by six. And we got this 20.17. We're just going to move two decimal places over. So this is our geo mean for estimating for 20 dupes. If I were to say I want to estimate for 10 dupes instead of 20, when I do this, I go 10 divided by 296.784 to the power 1 divided by 6. This GeoMe number is going to be 17.97, so it's smaller. So the less dupes that you are estimating for, the GeoMe is going to be smaller, and then the more dupes you're estimating for, the GeoMe is going to be bigger. So basically, a bigger GeoMe means that you are more likely to be duped, and a smaller GeoMe means that you are less likely to be duped. So let me know if you have any follow-up on that one. Happy to talk about it more. Just getting rid of some of the clutter here. Um, okay. We are all caught up in office hours and the YouTube chat. I do still have some more questions here. They just keep rolling in. So I'm just going to get rid of some of these here. Uh, next question here from Micah. And let me just get these in the queue. Micah said, how do you know what rookies are starting? Uh, so we do our best to take information that is widely available and apply it here. Ultimately, there's going to be some uncertainty with uh, some players playing time. I think it's a great opportunity to add value. If you have been grinding preseason, if you are grinding, you know, post-game interviews or uh, following beat reporters and, and, you know, scouting, basically, I think that you could add some value if you, 
uh, see some usage and think that, hey, you know, this guy might split time. They might introduce him slowly. Uh, he might not play as much, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you can add value that way. So I think that is a good opportunity, but we do our best to keep our ear to the ground and update projections uh, based on the best available news that we have. All right, next question. Question says, this new version of SaberSim is much more complicated than what it used to be. It's so confusing when you're trying to build on the road and don't have a desktop. I'm worried about the NFL with this version. Uh, so we have updated our mobile app to try and make it as friendly as possible. Basically, the whole point of this update was to try and streamline the process to make it so you don't ever have to leave this screen. You can just stay here. You can adjust projections, adjust minimax exposure, rebuild lineups as many times as you want. I think that, you know, what probably confuses people is all of the new uh, features, all of the nice-to-haves, the, the contest sims, the contest flashback, uh, a lot of those things here. But ultimately, a lot of this is the same. It's just in a little bit of a different workflow. So there could definitely be a learning curve here. Uh, if you guys need a good place to start to learn how to use it, to just watch somebody else use it here, go to our help docs, hamburger menu, top right, go to help. We have this getting started video here. It will take you to our support. It's getting started. This is going to be you watching Jordan walk through this new process from start to finish. It's going to be the best way to acclimate yourself with it. And then worst case scenario here. If you are having too much trouble using it, you can go back to SaberSim Classic and use the old version of the app. This will not be around forever. I would suggest getting as used to the new workflow as possible here, but we are going to keep this around for a little bit while people continue to acclimate themselves with the new site. All right, next question here. Only some explanations on optimal stack types, me being newer to DFS football. So this is going to go back to running builds and looking at the pool exposures, the lineup exposures for different amounts of lineups and seeing which lineups that you ultimately want to play. All right. Um, similar question here from Walter uh, said, historically, what is the most successful NFL stack? And then, um, you know, just asking about stacks here. So we don't have like historical data on uh, what the most popular stacks are for winning contests. Uh, I know ETR usually does breakdowns like that at the beginning of the year. Like, hey, you know, these stacks have fared the best in the Millie Maker, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're looking for like an article like that, I would check out uh, their article. You know, not going to say um, anything bad about it. I think that if you're looking for that information, that's probably the best place to find it. All right, keeping it moving. Question is, I currently use a second service to gain info on optimal ownership. Is that a stat you guys offer? I would love to cut it down to one service, especially with the prices going up. Okay, so a couple different things here. So if we're talking about contest ownership, so similar to how we have for MLB, if we go over to MLB, for today, go to MLB, go to the main slate. If I go to ownership, I click the wheel icon. You're going to see all these different ownership dropdowns here. This is how we project the players are going to be owned for the flagship 
150 max, how players are going to be projected for the high stakes single entry for low stakes 20 max, right? Uh, th these are going to be different based on the fields here. These are going to be different field lineups. So this is a thing that we are also going to be doing for NFL. We're going to have all of these drop downs as well. So that is coming very, very soon here. And then if you are trying to estimate uh, the chance that a player is going to show up in the optimal lineup, what I would then do is run a build on Sim Diversity 10 at Sim Diversity 10, and I would turn correlation off. What we are going to do, what we are going to do is take one instance of each game on the slate, create a single slate simulation where each game gets played out one time, and then build you the best lineup from that slate simulation, put that lineup into your pool, and then we're going to do that for as many lineups as you are requesting that we build. That is the best way to estimate optimal frequency with SaberSim. You can use that to compare against ownership, try and find leverage points, and, and uh, do research for a slate that way. All right. Um, Next question, asking about contest sims. So we have a lot of information about contest sims here. You can find it on our YouTube channel. It's going to be the best place to find it. We have a uh, whole whole playlist pretty much dedicated, dedicated to contest sims. I believe if we go to uh, contest sim, so learn how to maximize Saber Sims' new contest sims. This was 13 days ago. This was a stream with... Andy, Matt, and Jordan. And then we have this video with Andy himself talking about contest sims and why our contest sims are the best in the industry. So check out these two videos for a place to start with understanding contest sims. All right, going to get Saber Sim pulled back up here. Question says... I said, hmm, I'm definitely wondering how to most efficiently use the ultimate plan with a varied football contest without repeating lineups. In baseball, I only entered two contests, but football, I do a bigger spread. I think I've seen people are running sims, uploading lineups, then deleting the used lineups. They're running the next sim. Is that the best practice at the moment? Okay, so great question. So basically what we are suggesting that people do, uh, compact mode is probably a great way to view this here. So we have all of the contest sims that we ran earlier. Okay, actually, uh, we have to rerun them. So because we've been rebuilding lineups, the contest sims went away here. So I'm just going to rebuild them. But what we are suggesting is that, you know, a lineup that grades out well for this 25K to first uh, 100K screen pass might also grade out well for the 25K nickel. So in order to make sure that you have a unique lineup in every entry what we are suggesting to do is basically fill your lineups with one sorting metric and then before you move on to the next contest trash the lineups that you used that way they don't get used again and then that way you can guarantee that you have a unique lineup for every entry across your portfolio so what i would do is sort by the screen pass um highest roi lowest here and then fill my, fill my, use my save to contest, fill that lineup set, trash all these lineups, and then move on to the next, move on to the next and do the same thing. So that is a, uh, just a, uh, lineup like diversification tool that we are suggesting that people use. 
All right, next question here. Question says, when running over 1,000 sims, how do you reliably cut them down to a reasonable pool? So many times I can see a great lineup not selected by me that was in my pool of 1,000 to 5,000 lineups. Okay, so really, I think that, you know, don't think about it like, hey, you know, this lineup scored really well, but it was pretty far down in my pool. Man, that sucks. Think about it like, hey, I am building a strong pool of lineups and I just need to keep grinding it out. I need to, you know, make sure that I am practicing the DFS profit plan. You know, a good mix of 20 max and 150 content and 150 max contests will get you access to a lot of your pool. And if you're building a strong pool overall, those lineups are going to make their way into your contest. So it's important to just make sure that you're exercising good bankroll management, understanding that those lineups are in your pool and they are going to make their way into your lineup uh, eventually here, right? One thing that I think you can do is if you are making a lot of adjustments to your lineups after they're created and you notice that you are constantly missing these, maybe try and make less adjustments, right? And uh, maybe that you are going too far down in your pool away from some of the lineups that Sabersim wanted to give you. All right, next question here from Charles. Question says, how to build properly for the fan duel Millie maker? Uh, good question here. So, you know, these contests are massive, you know, almost a million entrants here. And I think DraftKings has like 1.2 entrants here. So um, this gets really interesting where it's like, hey, you know, we, we talk about top 1% rate, right? Well, the top 1% rate in a contest with a million entries is 10,000. And then top 0.1% is 1,000. And then Top 0.01% is top 100. So you need to be in the top 0.0001, I believe, if, I, if I'm tracking right, to win that contest. So um, don't be afraid to, I would say, if out of all contests to play with a high leverage, you know, don't be afraid to take a shot in these Millie Makers. Um, they are extremely large, and you're going to need a very, very uh, – low percentage outcome to happen to, to have a shot. So I would be okay having a little more leverage in those contests specifically. All right. Next question here. Question says, basically, how am I going to approach stacking in the Sims? It does not do it exactly how I would like, but I'll find some kind of workaround. So we, we offer tons of lineup rules here. If that's your thing, if you're not seeing what you want, Take advantage of the lineup rules. Take advantage of the advanced rules where you can get super in the weeds here about exactly how many players you want and exactly, you know, uh, only wide receivers or tight end, only running back or tight end, only wide receiver or running back. Uh, you know, you could even do run backs who you want as a run back. So these advanced stacks sound like they are going to be your answer here to whatever stack you are looking for. Uh Question here from our, our next question here. We're getting pretty low, so we might be ending the stream pretty soon here. Question says, since the new builder has been introduced, I'm struggling to get my exposures to work. If I limit a player to X percent, it frequently exceeds that in my lineup pool and can't get it corrected. So we made some adjustments to this. There was a bug 
uncovered over the weekend, specifically around min exposures here. So I would uh, retry that. But if you guys are having issues with this, please, please send us a report, a problem. Use this. Give us a brief description. This will give us a lot of information about your session. We do not want you guys to have to struggle with this. Uh, we apologize for it. And doing that will give our support team the right information to help us troubleshoot and figure out what is going wrong. Uh, Wolfpack said the biggest question that they have is they want to know how to build great GPP items for NFL with the new 3.0 update. I think Jordan's videos for his how to be MLB, uh, how to be NFL DFS in 2023 playlist is going to be the best place to start. So be on the lookout for those videos to drop. All right. Uh, we are all caught up with questions here. We are going on two hours and eight minutes here. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Appreciate everybody who stuck around the entire time. I'm going to get timestamp recordings of all of these answers over to everybody who sent us a question. So we appreciate you guys. And we look forward to having you guys tune in to more content as NFL week one approaches. So until tomorrow, until our regularly, regularly scheduled office hours, take care. Good luck. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.